You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says Podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! Hello, everybody. This is the S Machine. How's it going? Happy whatever day you're listening to this is to you or however I want to say that. <laughs> whatever day that you're listening to this, happy whatever that day is to you. That's what I meant to say, Dagnabbit. Now, I want to ask you a question. Now, very recently, I made some decisions, just little small decisions on the during the course of the day. And I noticed that. You know, when I look back on the decision that my first instinct was right nine out of ten times. Isn't it weird how often your first instinct is actually right and how often we don't listen to it and we don't realize that our first instinct was right until a week later when we went, I should have went with my first instinct. I should have never. My first instinct said to do this, but I didn't do it. I went to did this and I should have done that. My first instinct did said to do this and it did and I didn't do it. And my first instinct. And the funny thing about it is we will say that. And then another decision will come along. Our first instinct will say something and we'll completely ignore it. <laughs> it's like it's like our first instinct is the star of a 70s or 80s era uh, TV detective series. You know, I was watching uh, Quincy on TV land and I love that show, Quincy, um, with starring Jack Klugman. I don't know how long that show was on, but it was it was on for a long time. OK, now I know it's a television program, but let's keep it real. The dude was right all the time. Columbo, right all the time. All these people were right all the time. And no matter what happens, they would say something to the detective that was actually running the case with them being either a consultant or a kind of consultant. Even when they went and asked them their opinion and the guy would go, I think this is what happened. You're crazy. You're out of your mind, Quincy. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Now, as a person watching the show, I'm going, yeah, um, that show was on for a while and um, he's never been wrong. If I knew someone that answered my request and was never wrong, there would come a point where I would go, you know what? I'm going to go with what you said this time and shut the hell up. <laughs> right now, as ridiculous it is, as that is, obviously, it's a television program. And obviously, for the for the narrative to be moved forward. It has to be an obstacle for the person who's the star of the program. And then they they overcome the obstacle by proving they were right all along. I get it. That's television. But just think about it. Your first instinct. How often is that crap right? And we don't listen to it. You know, I, the girl that, that I went out with that cheated on me. My first instinct was, nah, man, nah, don't do it. Don't do it. Mm-mm, something wrong there. And I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> And I wound up in a horrible relationship, you know? And it's, it's happened a bunch of times when my first instinct... First instincts should be a little more aggressive, don't you think? You know, if first instincts were louder, you know, more forceful. I mean, it's forceful. Imagine if you were right damn near all the time. And you were trying to tell somebody that was important to you information and they weren't listening to you you wouldn't put up with that crap if you knew for a fact your friend was going someplace and you knew there were three dudes there waiting to whoop his ass and you knew it for a fact you wouldn't go you know you probably will, you probably shouldn't go to that bar uh there are three dudes there that are gonna you know kind of kick your ass or something huh uh, nothing much it's wanted to get it out there just want to say that uh, you know there's three dudes there and they kind of want to kick your ass and uh you know, they actually uh, when they actually practiced by hiring actors that kind of look like you and beating the hell out of them just to warm up for beating you up. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. You know, I think that there's, 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 there's a high probability of you getting your butt whooped because there are three dudes there. They actually came to my house and said, do me a favor. Could you please tell him that I'm going to whoop his butt? And I said, OK, I'll tell him. So I'm telling you now that those three dudes are going to whoop your butt. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> right. You wouldn't accept that. You wouldn't, if you were the person who got his ass whooped, you would be going, why didn't you tell me? I did tell you, I just told you, it's really low volume and I, I wasn't forceful enough, even though the information is very important and it's very important that you knew that an ass whooping was coming. I decided not to talk any louder than this because I'm a big punk. You would hate that. And as a person, you wouldn't accept that crap. If you're a parent and you know your kid's about to do something dumb, you don't go, oh yeah, you know, you probably, um, you probably shouldn't drink and drive, you know? 
really shouldn't do that. That's really not safe. Yeah, yeah. You probably shouldn't have sex without a condom. There's a you know, pretty high probability at 16 years old you're going to wind up getting someone pregnant and then be responsible for a life of another human being long before you're capable of being mature enough to handle it. And, of course, the financial burden will fall on me. And then, uh, yeah. You wouldn't do that. You'd be loud. Yo, you dumb. Like when I talked to young relatives and I, and I knew and I knew what was going on. It's like that point where you have a young relative and you know they're about to get it on. Not that specific time that they're about to get it on. But you know they're at the age where they're really serious. It's not about just kissing a girl and squeezing on something. It's about trying to get it on. Or if you're a girl about to. I was like, I remember I gripped up one of my relatives. I said, sit down. Oh, shut up. Listen, jackass. I know you're going to be getting it on. Okay. I know it. I was your age too, and when I was your age, I started getting it on. But I don't have any kids now. Guess why? Because I wore, wore a condom every single time. I don't care if she's naked with her legs open, pointing to herself, going, come get this. You put a condom on. Even if you have to climb off of her and go and go to the store and buy them, get them. Do not do anything without a condom. And I said the same thing to the ladies. Listen. You're going to get it on with dudes. I get it. You're, you're, you're becoming, you're an adult now. You're a young adult, but you're adult. Don't let no guy go up in you without a damn condom on. I don't care what the hell he says. And if he has a problem, do me a favor. Tell him I want to talk to him. I'll explain it to him by beating his ass. Yeah, I said it. And yeah, I did have that conversation with people. You know, that's how forceful you have to be if the import, if the information you're giving out is important. <laughs> but your first instinct is, oh, maybe you shouldn't know. You know, you probably shouldn't know. Probably shouldn't walk through that door right now. There's, there's smoke coming out the back. The, the, the house is probably on fire. You probably shouldn't walk in there. Oh my God, I'm burnt. No, speak up. I wish our first instinct was as aggressive and loud as a person would be given that kind of advice. I wish it was. I wish my first instinct, I wish a first instinct would actually just kind of, you ever see those movies where the guy has another personality or the lady has another personality and when a big moment comes, that personality literally climbs out of their body, forms a second them that looks just like them at that moment and then has a stern discussion with them. You know, the guy's going, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to jump off this cliff. The music starts to like, bing, 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 bing. And the second them climbs out of them and jumps in front of them. What are you, an idiot? You've only been you've only learned how to swim six weeks ago. You barely could make it back and forth across the pool. And you're going to jump off this cliff and in that water down there. I'm part of you, dumbass. If you get killed, I get killed. I have to climb back in there and become one with you again, you stupid bastard. You're not jumping off that cliff. Now, shut up. You go and sit down there and then have a beer or some crap. But you're not swimming. You're too bad a swimmer to jump off that cliff, you dumb bastard. Now, get over there. I would have loved that. I would have loved to have a second S jump out of the, the original S, me, and stop me before I dated certain women. Excuse me, stupid. Let me ask you a question, you dumb bastard. You're at the ta you're at a you're at a you're at a table right now at a restaurant, okay? And I want to get this done before she comes back and sees two of us. You stupid ba listen. She just screamed at the waiter because he put the fork on the table the wrong way. It was it was not lined up perfectly with the with the damn plate. And this is a first date. She's trying to impress you with her behavior. And she almost got into a body slam fight and a knife fight with the damn waiter. What do you think is going to happen when she's comfortable with you and you're emotionally attached to this lady? She's going to stab us or be a huge itch bay to us, you dumb bastard. No. End this date and you are not having sex with her either. Because if you have sex with her, you know what's going to happen. She's going to stalk the crap out of you. No. And I'm going to climb back up in there because she's coming out of the bathroom. She does have a nice ass. But I'm, <clears throat> anyway, no, 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 no. She almost got me. Shoot. Is there any way you could like him? Um, maybe you shouldn't date her that I should date her and get some. Never mind. Never mind. We'll get we'll, we'll merge back into one person. But damn it. If I have to just put my hand back out instead of separating into a separate person, I'm just going to have my hand come out of your hand and I'm going to slap the shit out of you. If you even think about dating this nutcase, you understand me? Yeah, me. I understand me. You better rise right now. I'm climbing back in there. Oh man, that was pretty interesting. I'm back. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> the first instinct, man. I mean, we gotta at least listen to it. At least consult your first instinct. You know, we have friends that we ask. Uh, you know, when we're trying to make big decisions, don't we? 
you know, you, you're about to you go for this job, or maybe hey, I want to talk to you about this girl I'm dating, or I want to, what about the, I'm, I'm thinking about getting a new car, what do you think of this? That you talk to your friends, you listen to them, and they genuinely, if they're good people, I surround myself with good people, they give pretty, pretty good advice. So you take that into consideration, but they do not have the accuracy, the blinding, unbelievable, uncanny accuracy of your first, you know, your first thought. They don't have it. Your first instinct. They don't have that. Because your first instinct is a part of you. That's subconscious. That's just sitting there monitoring all the time. You know, you've been there before. Something tells me not. I'm, it, I, I listened to my first instinct a couple of times. I was going to go to a store and I saw a guy walking into the store and I said, there's something wrong with this guy. And, I, and the girl I was with, I just kind of put my hand in front of him. I was like, nah, we ain't going in there. And I just kind of moved her behind me. I said, no. she goes, what's going on? I said, I don't know. I don't like this. My first instinct says, don't go into the store. So I look in the window and it, and uh, this shady looking bastard, he's got his hand in his coat. And he's, he's in the, I could see the, by the cash register, the guy by the cash register that he was obviously robbing the place. So I flagged the cop down and I pointed in there. And the guy, you know, he goes in and, you know, arrests the bastard. And my girlfriend goes, well, my girlfriend at the time goes, what did you see? I said, I don't even know what I saw. But there's something in my head went, you better not even think about going in there. And damn, she don't let your woman go in there. Don't go in there, you dumb bastard. I think that actually was what happened. I actually think the other S slipped out of this S, didn't take the whole body out, just took the mouth out and put it into my ear and went, listen, it's one thing for you to, to date someone who's nuts. This is us getting shot and your woman getting shot. So I'm going to be a little louder this time, you dumb bastard. You better not even think about going into that store. And I didn't. And I listened to it. Amazing, isn't it? So I think that we should start listening to our first instinct. I'm not saying you should do what the first instinct says. And and I know this kind of goes against what I just said for the past few minutes, meaning there is uh, an accuracy to our first instinct. But you should at least listen to it because, I mean, occasionally it's wrong. And you don't want to dive head first into your first instinct. You know, the 10% of the time that it's wrong, I know what I'll do. I'll do this. Bang, bad result, crushing defeat, big bill. You know, <laughs> you know, so that's the thing, man, at least at the very instant, at the very least we should do, I think, is we should consult our first instinct, listen to our first instinct, because it's right for a reason. Because your first instinct was to come and listen to me. And I can't think of a better thing for your first instinct to say than to listen to S. Anthony. Yeah, your first instinct was right this time. Oh, yeah. Well, hello, hello, you sick bastards. If you're hearing any sounds in the background like cars and dogs barking, that's because yours truly, the S machine, is actually outside. I don't feel like waiting till I go back upstairs, or, well, not actually down the block and upstairs, before I record this, damn it. I want to record this while I'm still, it's still fresh in my mind. So if you hear stuff in the background like cars and crap, that's because that's what happens when you're outside. So I'm walking down the street and I, these two cats are talking about a, a musical artist. And it reminded me, I mean, essentially these two guys sounded like trolling the live show. Because all they were doing was talking about how this guy, oh, this guy hasn't had a hit since 1989 or 90. I mean, come on, this is 2014, man. He's not relevant anymore. I mean, come on, man. When's the last time you heard one of his new songs on the radio? I mean, I like the old stuff. But when's the last time you heard any of the new stuff on the radio? Come on, man. This is good. And you build. And you, you yeah. <laughs> and that always, that always amazed me when people talk about someone who's not relevant anymore. And then they came up with that one word, that one little phrase that always annoyed me. They referred to someone as a has-been. Has been, meaning that the person's only relevant and only important if they're at the pinnacle of their specific career. If they're a superstar right now, if they have the number one album, if they're the number one singer, if, they're the, if you're number two, I'm, I'm not interested, you're not relevant. And it didn't really make any sense to me. Because if you really think about it, that person basically is saying more about themselves than about the person they're trying to take shots at. Because the person they were trying to take shots at was actually in the town I was in at that particular time. I'm saying that in the past tense because by the time you see this, I will not be in this town at the particular time. And um, and that guy in this group was playing, I think the place, I looked up the um, the location, the, the venue they were playing, and it, held, it holds 3,500 seats. 
and the thing was sold out multiple nights. This person's music is enjoyed by enough people where 3,500 people on multiple nights will come to a venue that's quite a, a nice size venue, 3,500 seats and sell it on multiple nights, sell it out. And you're saying he's irrelevant and his band's irrelevant? This is the kind of guy that would write that same stuff. Oh, he has been. He's never. When, when's the last time? I mean, come on. I don't hear these news, new stuff. They would write that in the in the in troll the comment sections of like Rolling Stone magazine when they mention someone, or YouTube when someone puts a music video out, or if there's a music video from the old days that people like and people go on there as fans and they want to celebrate. Oh man, I've always liked this song. He stinks. <laughs> That's the kind of thing they put on there. And I never understood the has-been thing. Has-been means you actually did something. And you shouldn't be, you shouldn't denigrate somebody because they're no longer that. You know, as individuals, as human beings, we evolve on a regular basis, don't we? You know, it's like when somebody calls an a, a ex-football player. You're a has-been. No. He finished that specific journey, and now he's on to something else. What is he supposed to do, play football forever? So to be out there at 80 years old, still playing football. I don't see any 80 year old running backs. No, he's not a has been. He finished that. You know? It just always annoyed me when people would say that kind of crap about someone who's actually, actually achieved something. Because the person that you're calling a has been, one, doesn't know you exist. Two, if they did know you, you existed, they definitely wouldn't be following you around on the internet writing crap underneath your, underneath your work. They wouldn't care enough. Nobody who has a life is running around trolling other people. Nobody that has a life and is successful and has happiness and joy and some success and goodness. Nope, they don't, they don't have time for that crap. I have yet to write one trolling comment about anybody. Even people I can't stand. And if I were to write something on a political person's uh, Facebook page or anything like that I would actually come up with a substantive argument and make sure that I made points I wouldn't go oh yeah well your party likes to blow dogs how about that and your mother's a whore alright how about that and I hope your sister falls down some steps what, what the hell is that that's not going to do anything you know I never understood the has been thing because I think of, just like when somebody says some, uh, a person is a has-been in regular life. So maybe you owned a garage. Maybe you owned a supermarket. Maybe you worked at this place. Maybe you were the top doctor at one point, And maybe you were this, maybe you were that. You're not a has-been because that's over. You know? I mean, think about it. When you're in your 20s, you do things that people in their 20s do. When you're in your 30s, you do things that people in their 30s do. And so on and so forth. That's the way it works. You know? You don't go, oh. You graduated from Harvard. When was that? Huh. 1990. <laughs> you fucking has-been college student. <laughs> 4.0. Oh, you had a 4.0 back then? But what have you gotten in grade? What kind of grades have you gotten lately? Um, I, I graduated and went on to a successful career that I'm in the middle of right now. Oh, but you, you're a has-been. I mean, that sounds stupid, doesn't it? <laughs> But you can call a sports person a has-been because he doesn't play sports anymore. Uh, when's, the, when's the last time you play? You touched a football, huh? Well, I touched the football when I put my yellow jacket on at the Hall of Fame. I mean, does that count? <laughs> right? You know, we all go through sections of life. You're not a has-been if you're continuing to evolve and continuing to do things and continuing to learn. You're just in a new phase, in a new area. You know? And that, that just irritated the crap out of me. You know? Oh, he's a has-been, man. He has been. He's never, he's a has-been. He she, she, when's the last time her, she was on television? You mean, oh, I, I, she hasn't been on television in a while. She's had three successful series that have run eight years each. And she has a net worth of $27.5 million and legions of fans who still follow her around to, to shows to get her autograph. And she's living a good life with her husband and and her kids are grown now, and they're on successful lives. And so she's a has-been. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because when's the last time she was on television? Well, she hasn't been off television since the '60s because her shows are still running, and she produced all three shows. So she's at the section of her life now where she has made enough money. She has legions of fans who still love the work that she created. Now she's, you know, 
enjoying doing what she does. She's painting. She's learning how to play musical instruments. She's playing with her grandkids who just were just born. She's a has-been? Nah, man. We need to change. We need to come up with a new phrase, man. We shouldn't even call people has-beens. We should call them... We should call them did-its. Because you did it. <laughs> you know? You know, it's like being number one. You don't... No one stays number one. And anybody who thinks that they're going to stay number one is an idiot. The number one position, the pinnacle of success... In any endeavor is nothing but a bell at the top of a rope. And a lot of people can climb the rope. A lot of people can't make it all the way up to the top. But even the people that made it halfway up have achieved more than the people that just look at the fucking rope and look up and going, they look high. I ain't even trying it. And then you got the people that just sail up there, ring that bell and sail back down. Yeah, they're on the ground with you now. But they rang the bell. You didn't ring shit. You just sit there talking about, I would have I been up there climbing there if I had the upper body strength and I wasn't a big punk. <laughs> Come on, man. It's a bell. Because I used to see that all the time. I worked at a comedy club back in Philly. And it was a boxer, a famous boxer came in. And uh, everybody was happy. Hey, man. Who, who? I didn't know who the hell he was. But, you know. But he was like, you know, he's famous enough if you, if you like boxing. I don't remember what the fuck the guy's name was. But I was like, hey, man, what's going on? And there was always this come, some hater off to the side because he, he had like the gold chain. He had the nice watch and his girlfriend was wearing this big ass mink coat. And he obviously, you know, either he was at least displaying money, most likely still had it. And he seemed to be mostly lucid. I mean, there was a little bit of slurring there because, you know, the guy got punched in the face for 15 years. What do you expect? But he was he was he was he was he was cool. And you hear a guy in the back. Man, it has been. Look at him. It has been. It has, man. When's the last time he did anything, man? Come on, he lost three of his last four fights. Man, it has been. What? He has three championship belts. He was the best in the world at something on three separate occasions. He climbed to the top and rang that bell three times. You don't even know what a rope is. Because if you knew what a rope is, you'd be, you'd be climbing it. And looking up at that bell going, I'm going to ring the shit out of that when I get up there. I noticed that nobody who was climbing up the rope to ring the bell ever stopped in the middle and looked down and went, <laughs> fuck y'all. No, they just rang the bell and came back now. So the guy's has been, has been. And, I, and I'm sitting there going, you realize that just because he's not a professional boxer right, anymore, if he actually hears you say that, you know he could still kick the shit out of you, right? <laughs> you know, just because you can't box other top boxers doesn't mean you can't beat the hell out of a regular person on the street. And he goes, oh, uh, I mean, I didn't mean anything by it. I mean, he's a friend of yours. I says, no, he's not a friend of mine. But I mean, I just don't want to see you get your ass whipped because the people standing next to you are friends of his, as you can see by them punching the insides of their hands, <laughs> which they actually were. The dude's like, I'm, I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Be cool, guys. Don't worry about it. I mean, it's cool. And I kind of ushered that guy out. I didn't even know the guy, but I knew <clears throat> he was going to get a prime time ass whooping. <laughs> But that's the thing, man. I just never understood the concept of has been. I never liked it. It's too dismissive, man. It's dismissive of someone that actually went out and achieved something. It's too dismissive. It's too stupid. It's like, and like I said, it actually says more about the person making the dismissive comment. If you really think about it, you're saying that that person, the only way a person could be relevant is if at that time they're at the pinnacle of success above everyone else and they're the shining star. But as I've already said, people that make that kind of comment seriously have already made the decision that they can't ever achieve that. So if someone who has achieved that and in your, and in your mind come back down to earth and you know you can't even get up there, you can't ascend at all, if you really think about it, then your attempt to insult the person that it was the high achiever that, quote, came back to earth, unquote. What does that make you? Like I said, man, I think we should change the term from now. It shouldn't be has been. We should call those people did it's because they fucking did it. You know, there's more positive affirmation to that. It sounds good. Oh, man. Oh, man. You would definitely did it. Thank you. I really appreciate that. If you walked up to somebody and told them they were a did it. If they understood what the hell that means, <laughs> then that would be a cool thing. Oh, man, you a real did it. Oh, thanks, man. Man, you a, a four-time did it. Oh, man, thanks a lot. You're a has-been. <laughs> Punch in the face. 
But the person who says has been referring to the other person, like I said, they've achieved things and you have already made a decision. You can't do shit. So whenever you, whoever that person is, whenever that person refers to someone who's achieved and calls them a has been, you need to call yourself a never will be in the same sense. Yeah, you a has been, but guess what? I'm never going to be shit. Wait a second. I just realized I insulted myself. I mean, what the hell? Because you did. <laughs> That's why I've always hated that term. That's why I, I literally have never in my life called someone a has been. Because I hate that shit. I think it's stupid. But I have called people did it. So, here's what I say to you, my friends. If you ever get, and I, I can't imagine anybody that listens to me <clears throat> being, uh, being the kind of person that would actually call somebody a has-been and if you are and i'm sure it's, if there is someone out there in my audience it's probably some minuscule amount cut it out refer to those people as did it's anybody that's achieved some shit been to the pinnacle or at least been in the top percentage and just kicked ass and took names even if that rain ended which it all rains do that person is a did it not a has-been and that's what I want you to call them from now on, damn it. And if anybody want to know where the term came from, how you came up with the term did it, you tell them you heard S. Anthony Thomas said that from now on, you call them did it. Yeah, that's right. I'm giving you words to use. That's right. I'm telling you what to do, damn it. <laughs> and I hope for you, my friends, who have honored me by listening to me on a regular basis, I hope that you're in the current, currently you're becoming did it's. Or you're a did it who's in the process of becoming and doing it again and a did it again because I'm climbing up that rope myself, damn it. Because I'm not a did it, I'm a damn doing it. So let's do it. That's all I got to say. All right, you weirdos, I'm outside again. Why am I outside? Because the air conditioning in the building I'm in blows and I don't feel like melting. That's why, damn it. Yeah, that's right, I said it. <laughs> You know what I want to talk to you about? Um, I was with I was I ran into some of my old friends, and uh, you know it was a group of us that kind of hung out, and we we all kind of started within five years of each other, and we're all doing okay, you know. But a couple of us, one guy in particular, really blew up nicely, and he's doing very very well. He's wealthy now. He's highly respected in the industry. You know, he's one of those guys that's on the comedy circuit, and he drops his album. He's been on some TV shows and. You know, had a nice long run on a successful sitcom. You know, he wasn't the star of the show, but he was an important part of the show. And he's wealthy now. He's a rich guy now. And we don't get to see him that at all anymore. And some of the guys got mad. Oh, man, get on the damn show and all of a sudden he can't hang out with us. And he's like, dude, who cares? You know, if you really think about it, you can't hang out really with him anyway. His schedule is intense. You know, he lives on the, he lives on the other side of the country from you. And quite frankly, the lifestyle that he's living right now, he's got a wife, he's got kids, and now, you know, he lives the kind of lifestyle of a guy that has, you know, millions of dollars in the bank. He can just up and go to Hawaii. You can't do that. You know, he's out there, he has, he's doing movie shoots and stuff like that. You can't go hang out with him. What, he was kid? And people get jealous about people that are successful. I don't get jealous. Now, there is, there is a part of you that gets disappointed because you know in your mind you're thinking well if I had made it I would have taken a couple of guys with me and that's what I plan on doing when I get to that point I'm going to take a couple of my friends with me and um, you know try to hook them up and people ask me why am I not jealous and I'll tell you why you see some people don't mind being all up under somebody else meaning if you have a friend that becomes successful most of the time, they're going to want to, let's be honest, most of the things they do are going to be about building their brand. It's going to be about them, which is fine. It should be about them. An individual, you should be about yourself and all of that. But the thing is, you're going to be an opening act for that person forever. And it's kind of hard to turn down that money when you're the opening act for somebody successful. They're playing big, giant places. You open up for them, but for, for the rest of your life, if you stay there too long, you're thought of as the guy who's with Gadda. Or the guy who's with blah, 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 blah. And I don't want to be that. You know, I don't want to be a tambourine player for the Rolling Stones. If I'm not Mick, I'm not interested. 
at least let me be Keith. But I, but me personally, I'd rather be in a band called the S. Anthony's or a solo singer, S. Anthony, playing 500 CDs of people that wanted to see me than opening up for somebody else in front of 50,000 people. I really mean that. If I had hung out with this person and, 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 and I had an opportunity to, I know what would have happened. I would have been turned into the guy that gets stuff for that guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you're the kind of person that just loves doing stand-up, just enjoys the cop, just enjoys it, just wants to do it, it doesn't necessarily mean you want to artistically do your own thing. You just want to do find an act that works and keep doing it and make a nice, good living. Because I've seen people like that in Vegas all the time. There's a star that's been a star for a while, but then there's the guy or the gal that opens for them all the time. It could be a singer that keeps singing the same 12 songs over and over again. It could be a comic that still does Reagan jokes. It doesn't really matter. Or does the same ventriloquist act all the time. They don't mind it. They're making a good living and they're getting to hang out with a star and they're getting to get some star chips that fall off of them. You know, a little, little extra money, you know. Maybe some women who, who, who can't get to the star, but they can get to him, so that's close enough. Or some guys that can't get to the star, but she's with them, that's close enough. Some people don't mind that. I don't want to be that person. Because a lot of times you're beholden to that act. That act can tell you, well, don't do this, do that, don't do this. I hate that shit. It happened to me when I started doing comedy in the comedy clubs when I was a teenager. And I got to the point where I was actually pretty good. So I started getting booked all the time. I was the kind of cat that always showed up when I said I was going to show up. If I told you I was going to be there, I was there. That was never a problem. I was pleasant to be around. So I got booked all the time. It was easy. So I'm working a show with this cat, and he's a headliner. He's a very good comic. Well, he was at the time. It kind of sucks now, but that's a different story. And also, that's probably why he gave it up. But he's one of those guys that does what we like to refer to as crowd work. And if you don't understand uh, comedians' uh, terminology, crowd work is basically kind of like improv. But what it is is essentially you in, you start to engage in conversations with people in the audience and use those conversations to create material on the fly. You know, whatever you whatever's on the top of your head, you use that to create like an end little improv scenario with the audience members. But it looks like a conversation. And some of these guys do it so often and have done it for such a long period of time that they don't even ad lib anymore. Over the course of time, they've come up with little ad libs that used to be ad libs a long time ago that essentially seem to work a lot. So they just said, oh, there's no reason to even try to think of anything. I'll just find scenarios and ways of manipulating the audience into giving me answers that lead to these jokes that look like ad libs. I, on the other hand, had prepared material just like everybody else. But when I talked to the audience, I was actually creating shit off the top of my head. I was having a conversation, a humorous one. It would be for short periods of time because I like to, you know, stick with the material that I actually sculpted and worked on and practiced and rewrote and did like that. I put the work in, so I wanted to do the damn jokes. So I'm working with this guy and he's Mr. Crowdwork. He had gotten to the point where his entire act was crowd work. Even though it was pretty much prepared and scripted, it was crowd work. So he sees me the first night, and I did a little crowd work. I talked to the crowd a little bit. I don't talk to them much. I just do my jokes. But he comes over to me, and because I'm a kid, 17, 18, 19, something like that, he walks up to me, hey, kid, you're pretty good. You did a good job out there, but I'm going to need you to do me a favor. I'm going to need you to not talk to the crowd at all. You know, just go up on stage and do your jokes, and then uh, that's it. He didn't say, hi, my name is... He didn't say, I do a lot of crowd work. I think, is there any way we can discuss this so we don't step on each other's toes? He didn't say that. If he had come up to me and said, I do a lot of crowd work, is there any way you could, you know, kind of steer away from that a little bit, you know, because that kind of steps on my toes a little bit. If he had said that to me, I would have said, all right, no problem. And I wouldn't have done any crowd work. But he storms across as if I had done something offensive to him. Hey, kid, you're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> right? Now, granted, he did start off with, hey, kid, you're, kid, you're pretty good. But his face and body wasn't saying that. And after he got finished saying, kid, you were pretty good, he was like, yeah, And he kept talking and talking and talking about him becoming more and more animated, more and more angry. I'm like, how are you angry? I didn't even watch your act. <laughs> right? Now, imagine if this was the guy, this guy was super famous. And you put yourself up underneath this guy. 
and he's telling you what you can do on stage. As an artist, that sucks. It's bad enough that you have to deal with, you know, if you're writing a television program, if you're working on somebody else's radio show, or if you're writing somebody else's script, or you're doing sketches on somebody else's television program, things I've all had, I've done, by the way. You have to listen to their crap. You have to listen to what they want to do because you're working for them. But I don't like doing that. I don't like working for other people if I don't have to. So I do a podcast so I can say whatever the fuck I want to. You know, but imagine if you had to work in those conditions. Now, I know what people are saying. Well, in a nine to five job, you have to do what the person says. Yeah, but see, when you're up underneath a celebrity, it's not nine to five. You're at their beck and call all the time. Shut up, doctors. Be quiet, police officers. I know that doesn't apply to you and you're on call 24. I get it. But for the most part, you know, I'm telling the truth. You can go home. You work for a star, huh? fuck that shit. They'll call your punk ass up in the last second and change some stuff. So he comes up to me, you really crowd work, what you do? Crowd work. And even back then, young kid as Anthony looked at him like, okay, not a problem. Not a problem, sir. I won't do any crowd work. Fuck out of here. Not only did I did crowd work, I did crowd work. I worked that crowd so hard. And when his punk ass went up on that stage, he had nothing. He had nothing. So he goes to the owner. That kid over there. And the owner thought it was hilarious because he was being a dick to the owner too. He acted like he was a bigger star than he actually was. He said, listen, (coughs) you should have just been nice to him. It's not my fault you just got your ass whooped by a teenager. You kid, you bastard. I said, listen, dude, I just did that one time. From now on, for the rest of the shows, I'm not going to do any crowd work. Just out of respect for you. I just wanted to show you, I just wanted to teach you a lesson. I may be a kid, but I'm an, I'm an adult. I'm a man. You want to talk to me? Talk to me like a man. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that lesson. And I realized that had I been actually, this person had actually been a big giant star and I had done something like that, my career would have been over. <laughs> As it turns out, he was just a big, huge dick. And people respected him because he was funny, but he didn't like him that much, so he, he couldn't do shit to me. But when I look back, when I think about that, I think about that person I was talking about in the beginning of the segment, the star. He became a big star, and they were all jealous. And there's no reason to be jealous. This is his success. Let him enjoy it. Be happy for him. He used to be one of us. You should look at him and go, oh, man. That's what's possible. You know, when my opportunity comes, that's where I could be. Because you know you're as good. He'll even say it. (laughs) That you're as good as he is or in the same realm. He'll even tell you that. In fact, if you called that guy up right now and said, what do you think of, and and mentioned me, say, as Anthony, he would go, oh, that guy's great. Now, I'm not sucking my own balls here, but that's a fucking fact. But I'm proud of the guy. You know? And that's what I said to those guys. I'm proud of the guy. He was here where we are. Why should you be upset with him, man? You know? <laughs> I mean, how would you feel if you were there and you found out that people that you liked and were friends of yours were sitting back talking about you were like you, like you were a piece of shit and being jealous of you? You would think they were dickheads, wouldn't you? Of course you would. So don't do that. But on the other hand, I do see kind of what they're talking about. When, when you, the person that gets left behind, you know, you see it when in, in relationships with the person who, who comes to Hollywood with the wife, you know, and they become a big star and all of a sudden they trade the wife in for a spoke spokesmodel so they can go, hey, look who I'm sticking my penis in. Look how attractive. Oh, I'm see this model who's on Victoria's Secret. I get to push my penis in her vagina on a regular basis and ejaculate in her. <laughs> Just wanted you guys to know that not only am I rich and famous, but I get to have sex with this woman right here. Oh, honey, could you spin around so they can see the ass that I get to lick that they don't get to touch? <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, sure. Could you do me for where that low cut top so they can see titties that I slurp on that they can't get anywhere near? <laughs> Women do the same thing. Hi, look at that six-pack abs. I get to slurp on those on a regular basis. <laughs> Could you throw, uh, do me a favor? Pull your pants up tighter so you can see the huge bulge in your pants. See that? All of that? <laughs> <laughs> they trade up. And in, my, in this group's minds, this guy traded up friend-wise. Because if you turn on... Uh, well, it's not on TMZ, but if you turn on like Entertainment Tonight and you see him hanging out with these big stars, I'm not even going to mention the stars' names because you bastards going to narrow down who I'm talking about. I'm not going to let you, so ha, ha, ha. 
right? And he's thought of, you know, as, 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 as a great guy in the industry with these people. He traded up. Those are people that can afford to live the lifestyle and hang out with him the way he can. But in the minds of the people that were left behind, not me, because I couldn't give a shit, what happens is they're thinking in terms of being okay in the business and not super successful. To them, that's the equivalent of being stranded on an island. I mean, they got enough food to live. You know, it's a nice tropical beach. They're doing pretty good, but they want to get off the island. They want to get off of there. They want to get, want to be free. And then one guy, you wake up in the morning, and that guy's floating out on a raft. You didn't even know he was building that shit. And he's floating out, and you're looking at him, and you're going, oh, man. And you're going, and he's waving, I'll be back. I'll send help. Because the raft, whatever raft he made, was only building big enough for one person. So he floats out, and you see him disappear. And you're wondering, oh, man, I hope he made it. And then, then some trash and debris floats towards the island, and you pick it up, and it's a newspaper. And you see this guy living a good life. What happened to your friends? I don't know. You're going, what you mean you don't know? We're trapped in this damn island. You were on the island with us. You escaped. Send back some damn help. I'm not even saying you need to come back. Just at least tell us, tell them that we're here. What friends? Never heard of them. <laughs> They're thinking that. They're thinking that he wanted, once he escaped from the island, he was going to send help back to get them. And it would have been cool if he did that. You know, now, obviously, sending back help in this scenario would have been, okay, uh, this, this, you know, these are some clubs you can go to that are cool. I'll put in a good word for you. Just, you know what I'm saying? Just go, you're going to have to take care of your own business, but I'm going to get you, I'm going to give you, give you some, here's some inside information. Uh, you know what? Here's an agent or a manager that you can send your tape to. I can't, I, I don't have that, you know, I can just do this. Or here's the, here's the person you need to talk to and here's where you need to go. Just information. He didn't do that. As soon as he got off the island, fuck him. <laughs> he's not a bad guy but you know he got off the island it's not necessarily his job to come back and get your ass but just think instead of worrying about him coming back and getting your punk, your punk ass off the island build a fucking raft like he did and start paddling this podcast is one of my rafts <laughs> I'm floating on that shit and I'm floating off of that damn island. Now, the difference is, when I get to the mainland, I am going to go back and get them. <laughs> That's the difference. doesn't make me a better person. This makes me a different type. I will go back. There's people I know right now, three or four people. I get in as good as this particular person has gotten in. I'm going to make sure that I at the very least give them information that will improve their, their situations. I'm going to do that. Doesn't make me diff. Doesn't make me better. Just makes me a little different. That's the, that's my groove. You know, you have people like that that you know, don't you? They, you know, I mean, everybody has somebody that's helped them. You have people in your life that were part of your group of friends, and then they blew up a little bit. It doesn't necessarily have to be a big movie star, or a big TV star, or anything like that. It could just be someone. It could be someone that you know. Everybody's looking for a job. This person you haven't seen them around because they were studying for some kind of test, and you wonder what the hell happened to them. And they got a job, a city job, with benefits. You know, maybe maybe they're working at the sanitation department, making fifty, sixty grand a year. You know, making some nice bread. And they have some inside information. So they're still looking for people, and I'm in pretty good now. I could put the word in for you. Yeah, I'm only making twelve grand a year now. Hell yeah. Right? It could be that. It could be the person that you've been hanging out with and you start noticing they're losing weight. And how the hell? You're looking good there, buddy. You happen? I, haven't seen, I mean, we've talked on the phone, but I haven't seen you in about four months. And look at the hell. Darn damn. You got a six-pack going. What the hell are you doing? Oh, nothing much. Or, well, this is exactly what I'm doing. We're pretty much the same body type. Here's what I'm doing. Why don't you come work out at the gym with me? You know what I'm saying? I actually, now I'm a certified trainer. Why don't you come on? Why don't you, that kind of thing where you help people out. I'd rather be that guy. Doesn't make them better, just makes them different. <laughs> so when you see people that become and they start to blow up a little bit, there's no reason to get jealous of them and be all upset. How dare you improve your life and not take some of your time out to make sure that I get something that I should be able to provide for myself. Yeah, they should be able to help you. Maybe give you some information, but don't get mad at them like it's their job. It's not his job to come back and create your career for you. You know, I'm a sanitation guy. It's not his job. It's not his job or her job to get you a job at the city. 
It's not that other person's job to make sure that you get fit. Step to them and see if they'll hook you up with some information. And if they hook you up with the information, it's up to you to fucking use it. That's what I said to them. Say, you don't necessarily, they don't even necessarily even have to talk to that guy. I mean, you know, all you got to do is, you know his story. You know some of the same people. Just follow the pattern. What did he do to get to where he is? If you're of similar abilities, you'll be able to take that information, custom fit it to yourself, and then get the same result or a similar result. Or at the very minimum, improve your fucking lot in life. Like I said, this podcast is one of my rafts. The live show I'm writing for myself is one of my rafts off of that island. And like I said, I will go back and get people if they haven't gotten off. My hope is that they will build their own rafts and we'll all kind of float off in our different directions, hit the mainland at different points in time, and then we'll meet up there. Hey, you made it. Me too. All right, I was going to go back and get you. No need. I'm already here. Cool. Well, now that we're all here, we already like each other. We're all going to do our own separate things, but since we're all buddies, let's build something that we can all put our hands on so if something doesn't happen for each one of us, if any one of us falls off a little bit, we can break the one that's falling off a little we can break that one off something to improve their lot we can keep we can strengthen each other that's the hope but you got to get off the island first <laughs> you know you got to get off the island first i'm not the kind of person that's going to wait for somebody to come back and get me I'm not really that interested I'm not interested in being up underneath somebody else unless they're really really hot or Serena Williams. I would like to be up under Serena Williams. Really, I would love that. Oh, God, I would love that so much. But Nicki Minaj, I'd like to be up underneath her, too. Damn right, all up underneath her. Good Lord. Let's bring Venus over here, too. I'd like to be up underneath her. Okay, I think this has got a little weird now. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying, man. I just I just don't do the jealousy thing. I don't look at somebody else's success and get all jealous. That's a waste of time and energy. Don't have time for it. Not the kind of cat I am. You dig? Of course you do. That's all I got to say. Okay, you weird bastards. Um, more than anything, I just want to say this to you, and I, and I mean this sincerely. I just want to thank you guys very much. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't have a job that they love to do or, or activities that they love to do very, very much. And I am one of the people that actually does. You know, I've been a, I've been a comedian since I was a young man. Uh, and I started doing this a little less than a year ago. And now there's people listening to it. What the hell is wrong with you losers? What the hell is wrong with you? How would you sit there and encourage my behavior? <laughs> I mean, thank you. <laughs> All kidding aside. Uh, I just want to say thank you very much because, you, you know, my interaction with you and the, like the retweets and the reblogs and, you know, recommendations and all the kind words and nice things that you said to me. It, it meant a lot. I'm glad that you enjoy this as much as I do. It's really weird when you have something that you do with your life that you actually enjoy. It's a really weird thing, you know, and, and I didn't realize. And sometimes if you're if you're lucky enough to be in a position where your profession is something that, you know, you love to do more than anything else, you don't realize how amazing it actually is you don't appreciate it sometimes not that not in an arrogant way but you just kind of go about your business and don't sit back and sometimes look back look at it and go i get to do what i love to do man damn because most people don't have that sensation they don't have that a lot of people hate their jobs intensely a lot of people hate their jobs it's not like they just don't want to go there or it's just something that they have to do they hate it and i know what that feels like i know what it feels like to wake up in the morning and you know literally and I've talked about this in other podcasts and other episodes or probably earlier episodes where you get to the point where you wake up in the morning, especially on a Sunday, especially on a Sunday, if there's no football and you realize the last half of Sunday, Sunday after six o'clock sucks because you can't really do anything after six o'clock on Sunday because you have to get up Monday to go to that place. <laughs> right. Everybody, you know what I'm talking about? If you, if you work at a job that pays you well enough to get to get done what you need to get done, maybe it pays the bills or comes close to paying the bills. You hate that crap. You hate it. And then there are people that just go to a job and they don't hate it. They don't like it. It's just something to do. 
but that's, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 hours of your week doing something that, you know, you have no feelings towards. It just kind of takes care of business. And that's, that's that kind of, that's, that's annoying. You know, I would just say that if you're, if you're one of those people, if you have a job that you just don't like to do, you don't want to be there, it sucks. Please, if you can't find something that you love to do and make a living at that, if you can't do that, ask yourself, what do I love to do the most? And find a way to get yourself to do that. Find a way to get to do that in any way that you can. You know, I don't care what the hell it is, man. Whatever it is, just find a way to get that crap done. I don't care if it's painting. I don't care whatever it is. You know, you could be you, you. Maybe you like to ride a bike on the weekends. I don't know. Whatever the hell it is, just find a way to get that done. You know, because I know from from personal experience, I know how much I can't stand Sundays when there's no football. Sundays without football is, is just complete horse crap, and it sucks. You know what I mean? It's like, what is this garbage with the foot, no football? And you, ugh, you wake up on Sunday, there's nothing on television. You know, and like I said, you can't really do anything on Sundays. You can't really enjoy most of Sunday because, quite frankly, on Monday, you got to go back to that place. <laughs> right. But when football's there on Sundays, even if your job sucks, if football is the thing you love the most, oh, my God, you don't care about the week. All you're thinking about is the last game. If your team won, oh, man, it's the best. I can't wait. We're going to kick that other team's ass. Right. You can't wait for Sunday. Even if your team isn't playing, your team's on a bye week, your team's on Monday Night Football, you don't give a damn. You just want to get to football Sunday. Yeah. But you got to find that thing that you like to do, man. I like to watch it, like to be a part of it. You got to find that thing, man. You know, because some people get to go on vacation. They get to go to Hawaii or they get to go overseas or they get to go here to get to go there. You may not have the kind of job, but you can afford to do that. So you got to find something that is your vacation, something that chills you out, something that you like to do. A lot of people don't even know what they like to do. They have no idea what that thing is. And that's bad. Because if you don't even know what that thing is, you're way behind in the journey, man. You got to find that thing that you love to do. I don't care if you're an audiophile and you just love listening to music. Damn it. Put some bread together and buy the best musical player you can and download the shit you love to do. Go into a room, put a fucking jar of iced tea on the table, you know, look out the window and turn on those songs you like. If that's what you love, then play that shit. Find some time. Put those songs in your damn car on the way to work and turn off the fucking news and put those put that music on. You know? If you like to go antique and find a place, go to that shit. Fuck it, drive around and look for for um, garage sales. Do something. Everybody has got to find that thing. You need it. Because if you don't find that thing, you're going to get your 80, 85, 90 years and you're going to go through and there's going to be joy that was sitting there on the side of the road waving at your ass going, I'm over here, jackass. I'm over here. I've been waiting here for a while. If you really thought about it, you realize you love to do this. I'm right here. I'm waiting for you. And you never had an opportunity to deal with it. It was right there in front of you. And you just drove right past it. Staring off into space. Knowing you got to go to that place. And I've been there. I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to dig a ditch. I know what it feels like to work in a recycle place. I know what it likes to sit behind a, in a fucking cubicle. And, and, and doing all sorts of stupid shit. I know what it's like to work in a factory. I know what it's like to work at car washes and offices. I know what it feels like. And I hated intensely every single one of those jobs. Hated. Hated. Minutes went by like months. I hated that shit. Even though I was good at that crap, I hated it. But I always had comedy on the back end of it until, you know, until I got to the point where I could do it for a living. So I know what it's like, man. I know I mean, if you're listening to me and you have that job, man, if you can find something that you love to do and find a way to make it pay for you, pay for itself, make it a, a profession for you. Do it in the safest way possible. Don't do something dumb like completely quit your job and get thrown out of your fucking house, dumbass. Don't do that, you dumb bastards. Find a way to do it where you can enjoy the process and it's a smooth transition. Do that. OK. Or if you can't do that, what you need to do is find a way to make sure that it actually pays you can pay your bills 
and find some time off to decide to do that thing because that's what's important for you as a human being. Because I'm telling you, man, you know, when you find that thing, it makes the whole process of working that week or whatever amount of time you got to work to get to it. You know, on the back end, that thing is there. That activity is there. Whatever it is, is there. Remember the first time, remember you remember your last good relationship or if you're in a good relationship now, you know what it's like when you go through that whole work day. And I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it from a guy's perspective because I'm a, I'm a guy, but it's not gender specific. And you have a wonderful spouse or a wonderful girlfriend, a great kid. You got a new baby at the house or whatever. And you go on through this job and this job sucks. But when you go home, you get to pick that baby up. When you go home, you get to kiss your wife. When you go home, you get to sit on the couch with your wife in your lap and your kid in your wife's lap. And you sit there and you watch a Disney movie and she's laughing. Your wife, I mean, your wife and the, the baby's smiling, having a great time. And you're going, yeah, that job sucks, but they're happy. And I like that. And I'm going to take them on vacation. I got a vacation. We're going to take, we're going to go on a vacation to whatever city, whatever state, whatever the fucking country, whatever it is. We're going to go there and enjoy that. See, that way you can take the job and kind of push that shit off to the side as a necessary evil. And you can really enjoy the other moments. And that's cool. But you should still, as an individual, have that thing that is for you. I don't know what it is. I can't even give you examples. For me, it's comedy and it's podcasting and doing whatever other kind of things that are involved in entertaining people and stuff like that. I enjoy that crap. So I'm lucky. I'm, I'm blessed, you know, even though I'm not really, really a religious guy. But you get the point. So I, so I just want to say that if you, you know, make sure you find that thing. I found that thing and I've been able to enjoy this thing, this part of it, the podcasting part of it, obviously the stand up part of it, but the podcasting part of it because of you guys, because of how cool you have been this entire time. You know, people have, that have contacted me told me that some of you have recommended um, this podcast to them and then they told me that they dug it too. So. Part of the part of the reason that I love this so much is not just because of it's fun to talk to people and, and share ideas and things of that nature, but because of the people that are listening to me have been so damn cool on a regular basis. So I hope you find whatever that thing is. I hope you find it not just because you're listening to me, obviously, but just because you're in it, you exist and you're a human being. But let's be real uh, more because you're listening to me, because quite frankly, people that are listening to me are much more important than everyone else. <clears throat> but keep that to yourself. Don't tell everybody else that. My podcast audience is more important than other people. But that's just between us, damn it. Shut up. Shut up. Don't tell nobody else that shit. Anyway, um, <laughs> hi, everybody else in the world. You guys are important, too. <laughs> so you, 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 the large group over there, you're going to start listening? Fantastic. Come here. I want to talk to you. Oh, people over there that are going to get around to listening later? Okay, could you stay over there for a minute? I want to talk to the people that are going to start listening to me regularly now. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. You are much more important than those idiots over there understand that don't look at him don't look at him don't point to him shh damn it when you start listening to me you become more important than the rest of these douchebags don't shut your mouth hey everybody over there oh you're coming too well come on you're, you're gonna start listening now regularly okay come on come on come on come on come on come on, come on. you're much more important than the people over there that you just left but that's my family shh you're part of my family now damn it the, the family called s anthony's podcast audience you are more important than them. I don't care if they gave you life. Damn it. I'm giving you entertainment. Now shut your mouth. So I'm really more important than my family? As long as they're not listening and you are, you're damn right. I'm okay with that. Good. Hey. <laughs> How's everybody else going? <laughs> We're more important than them, damn it. I just want to say thank you guys, man. You guys have been the coolest. You guys have been the coolest. I enjoy talking to you, and I, I really uh, consider you guys listening to me to be an honor, and I really thank you for that. We're going to continue to have some more fun, my friend. Much love to you. S. Anthony, out. Just kidding. I'm still here. What do you think of that? See? See, don't ever try to predict what I'm doing. You just think, assume, assume just because I said S. Anthony out that I'm leaving. You're not the boss of me, damn it. I leave when I want to. That's right. <laughs> Just make sure you find that thing that, that, that makes you happy, everybody. That's all I got to say. Okay, you weird bastards. 
That has been this episode of the S. Anthony Says Podcast, also known as S. Anthony Says. Thank you guys again for coming back. Much love to you. I appreciate you. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, the home base for this podcast is, of course, santhonysays.podbean.com. The email address, and you will know the email address, damn it. Unless you're someone new, then you don't know it. All right, what the hell, I'll tell you. The email address is the santhonysayspodcast at gmail.com. And you can also hear me on Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and iTunes. Or you can go to the santhonysays.podbean.com site and get the RSS feed if you want to put it into a different pod reader. But uh, who cares how you listen to it? Just listen, damn it. That's right. Just listen. (laughs) I really appreciate you guys. Thank you very, very much. Much love to you all. I will see you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, let's have one thing to say. No matter where you are in the world, whether you're here in the United States, whether you're in Australia, whether you're in Great Britain, many of the other places that are starting to listen. Much love to you. Thank you for recommending me. Thank you for coming back every week. Thank you for your kindness, you cool bastards. Thank you. S. Anthony out.